Okay. Okay, so <clears throat> good afternoon, everybody. Uh, we are continuing with our Kilot Nida Shirim. Uh, last time we ended off in the middle of the Shir of the Dikot. Um, so I want to pick up where we left off with. What we saw was that when a woman um, has a menstrual cycle and stops bleeding, she has to do a hefsek tara, um, some type of check on the day that she stops bleeding. Let's say she stopped bleeding on a Sunday. So Sunday afternoon, she has to do a hefsek tara to clarify that she stopped uh, seeing blood. And then that night, Sunday night, which is really the next day, theoretically, she could begin the seven days of um, what's called Shevan Akim. And after that, she can go to the mikvah. And we discussed in, in last week's year that during the Shevan Akim, she should, she should do a check every day, perhaps uh, twice a day, but um, uh, even on day one, and on day seven. So that, that's what we, we discussed last week. However, uh, up until now, we've just assumed that a woman stops seeing uh, blood from her menstrual cycle. Let's say, let's say she had a very short cycle. Um, a woman saw blood on, on, on Shabbos and Sunday, okay? The day cycle, for, for argument's sake, not that that is a real, a realistic for, for, for most women, but Let's assume that that could be a possibility. And um, then, according to what we've seen up until now, Sunday afternoon, she stopped bidding. Uh, uh, she does a hepsek tara. Sunday night, she can begin her seven days, seven akim, total of nine days. I, in two days, she was uh, a, a problem. It was a problem of, of nida. Um, and then basically, an akim, and, and that's it. However, as we'll see, that that assumption is, is incorrect. It's incorrect for the following reason. One of the is that when she starts her seven Nakim, they have to be a unit that we assume cannot be discounted. Now, how can that unit be discounted if she sees? Uh, semen during those seven days that would counteract her shevanakim. And where does this idea come from? So the Gemara in Masechet. Um, uh, I think we lost the. Uh, okay. All good? You can hear me? If you can, just... Okay. So, going back to... Going back to... Masechet um, Nida, Chafbet, there the Gemara explains on the Pasuk, Zot Torah HaZav, Asher Zera, the Torah connects a Zav, right, a, a, a person who has a, a disease called Zivah, who has a seminal emission. So the Gemara learns from the juxtaposition in that Pasuk, just as a 
if a Zav had to have an emission of Ziv'ah, it would destroy his seven clean days. Similarly, the Shikvat Zerev, if he had to have a seminal emission, that would also destroy his seven clean days. Now, notice this Gemara is talking about a male uh, a person who has a seminal emission. But the Gemara later on in Nidachaf Lamed Gimel asked the question, what about a woman who's a Zava, who before she became a Zava had marital relations with her husband, and now she's in the middle of her Shevenakim, and she ex experiences a, um, a, 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 that a, a certain emission, a certain emission of semen coming out of her body during the seven clean days. Is this considered similar to the Zav that actually produced the semen and destroyed his Sheva Nikim? Do we equate that with a woman as well? Or do we say, no, no, they're completely different? So this is a question posed by Rami Barchama, a woman who had marital relations with her husband prior to becoming a Zabak. And during her Shevanikim has an emission of the semen from her body. Can this destroy, negate her Shevanikim or not? Do we view it almost as if she produced the semen? That's what the Gemara calls Ro'ah, seen. Or this is more uh, uh, comparable to a, uh, a person who's a Zav who touched semen on the street. Now, you know, walk past semen by mistake and touched it. What is it more comparable to? To actually producing the semen because it came out of her body. It's not so different to the man. Or on the end of the day, since biologically it really wasn't produced by her, it was maybe it's more comparable to her touching it. So the Gemara didn't conclusive answer over there, but the Gemara in Membet asked the same question. And the Gemara asked three different Amorai. So, question to Abaye. According to Abaye, it is considered as if she actually produced the semen. They asked Rabba, Amale Roa, he agreed. In all three cases, all three of these Amorai, Abaye, Roba, and Rabbi Yosef, all agree that this is a problem. Question is why Rav Shmuel Barbisna asked three, three Amoraim, that's a separate child. But the point is, is that it seems that unequivocally the Amoraim come to the conclusion that a woman who has an emission of semen during her Shevanakim will impact the Shevanakim. Now, based on that, we have to ask the question, what is the time frame? Let's, say, let's go back to our example. We said that a woman had a very short cycle. She, she uh, got her, her, her cycle on Shabbos and on Sunday. And Sunday afternoon, she's already stopped. Again, I don't think that's very practical for 99% for of the women in the world. But, but, but before she uh, got her, um, before she got her menstrual cycle, she, she had relations with her husband. I Friday night, uh, she had relations with him at, at uh, 10 o'clock at night. At 11 o'clock, she, uh, she got her period. 
And already on Sunday afternoon, we've had marital relations on Friday night. There's a concern that during the next few days, there will be an emission from her body of the semen. And that will break her shavanakia. How long do we have to be concerned for this emission coming out of her body? And this is based on a Gemara in Shabbos discussing of the the the, the shloshet yemei har So one of the dinim over there was that the the husbands and wives had to separate before kabbalat Torah, before receiving of the Torah. And in that whole discussion, there is a discussion amongst the Tanaim. How long did they have to wait? And part of the reason is because of this problem of So says the Gemara over there in Masechet Shabbos Peivav. According to Rabbi Lazar Azaria, a woman who has marital relations and then becomes impure for whatever reason, the semen coming out of her body, if it is on the third day from her relations, we don't have to worry about it. So, we could call that um, basically 40, 49 hours after 49 hours after the um, uh, well, actually that's that's incorrect. Let's call it on the uh, at maximum 49 hours after her her um, having relations. We don't have to worry about semen coming out of her body. Okay, it could be less, but I'm saying maximum 49. 49 hours. That's the opinion of Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, as we'll see, that's an important opinion because some of the Rishonim actually passed in that. Um, Rabbi Kiva Omer Chamesh, but let's skip to the opinion Zodibre Rabbi Shmal, Rabbi Akiva, Aval, the last line in the Gemara, Chachamim Omrim, Sheish Onot Shleimot Be'inan. We need six complete Onot. Onah is a, a, literally a time frame, and it's referring to 12 hours. That means that from the time that a woman has relations with her husband, for the next six times 12 hours, 72 hours, if she sees a seminal emission coming out of her body, that will destroy her ability to become uh, naki. That will be this, uh, negate her shevanaki. So that is total of seventy-two hours. One could say, okay, so why don't you just say three days? Why, why did you say seventy-two hours? And here it's where it gets a bit tricky, because um, and this this often when I was teaching chatanim, we had to you know it's, it's easier to actually draw it on a chart. Um, but um, but the simple uh, way of working it out why we say seventy-two hours and not three days is as follows. Although three days is three times 24-hour periods, if a woman, uh, those 72 hours can actually spread over four days. And the reason is as follows, that if she were to see with on hour 72, and let's say that's an hour after Shkia, hour after Shkia, okay? So, so, so the, the, um, the emission coming out of her body is one hour after Shkia, call it seven o'clock in the evening, of 
and, and because it was in the 72 hours, so that emission negates her Shevanakim. Not only does it negate the hour after Shkia, but that entire day, I, that entire, then the next 23 hour period, she cannot begin her, her, her cycle. I, she has to wait for the next sunset before she can, she can restart. So meaning that although it's 72 hours, it can actually destroy four days. Which is obviously four times twenty. Uh, four times twenty-four is more than seventy-two hours. Because as soon as she sees within the seventy-two hours, no matter when she sees it during that day of the calendar, that entire twenty-four-hour period of that calendar day is now uh, removed from the count. So therefore, it is very likely that if we're counting seventy-two days, we have to basically make sure that she cannot start counting for the first four complete days. And she can only start the Shevanakim on day five. Is that clear how, uh, is, that, is that clear um, how, uh, how I explained it? Um, usually I use a chart to explain it, but we'll, we'll suffice with this. So now, now the question is, who do we pass in life? We saw that according to, according to Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, who said six, six or not, or 72 hours, he was talking about basically the third day, meaning he was talking about three or not. So how do we pass it? And we'll see that this is actually Machloket Rishonim. The Beit Yosef quotes the Rambam. The Rambam, and this is in Kuf Tzadivah, the Rambam, so the, the Poletet Shichvat Zera Soteret Aflabana, sorry, I forgot, to, I forgot to mention that there is a, another argument between the Rishonim, and that is, it is correct that both Abaya Rava and Rav Yosef all claimed that if she sees a seminal emission, it's problematic in order for her to become Tahora. It destroys her Shemenikim on a certain level. The question is, what is it referring to? Is it referring to the laws of Tuma and Tara in the times of the Gemara, in the, in the times of the Mishnah and uh, uh, the Beit HaMikdash prior to that when they were dealing with laws of Tuma and Tara? Or is it also referring to the laws regarding her and her husband being able to have marital relations with her husband? This actually is a machlok between the Rishonim, between the Rambam and the Raiben. So it tells us the Beit Yosef, the Rambam holds, this is a problem also regarding husband and wife issues, i.e. this pertains also to today's times and not just in the times of the Beit HaMikdash. Sharei Katab, the Perik Shishli, and he proves it from what he said of that. And then he says, and if you go to the highlighted part, he says, Umihu, so there's a Rambam not. This is only if it is within the first three or not. We said an Ona is 12 hours, so 12 times three, the first uh, 36 hours. Aval. And this is basically the Rambam is following his understanding of A, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, and B, he passes like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. Now, some don't explain Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah the way the Rambam explained it. And even if they do understand Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah the way the Rambam understood him, there were different opinions. And, and, and generally, we pass like the Chachamim. 
And as we'll see, this is actually the, uh, if we just go to the end of the Beit Yosef, he says in the last paragraph, the Katub Trumata Deshen, the Trumata Deshen, what Lech Rishonim tells us, the Or Zarua Hagadol, that the, one of the early Ba'alei uh, Tosvot, the Or Zarua of Ashkenaz, Nami Pasak Rabbalazamanazaria, agreed together with Ramam that the Halacha follows Rabbalazamanazaria, the Boletetir Patzera, the Yom Shlishi Tahora, right? And he holds Afinu Ileka Eleshte or not Shlemot. And, and okay, the Orzarwe has a slightly different understanding of how to explain Rabbalazim and Azaria, but for our purposes, we'll just say that Rabbalazim and Azaria is, is ruled according to both the Rambam and the Orzarwe, two of the uh, major Rishonim. There might be a slight and a difference of understanding between the Orzarwe and the Rambam regarding the shift of Rabbalazim and Azaria. However, that is not so critical for the following reason. We don't accept this opinion. And this is the shit of the Rosh. The Rosh tells us, Until day five, after she had relations. And the reason why we say day five is because although the 72-hour period is the maximum amount, even according to the most stringent shita in the Gemara, which was the Chachamim, which was six or not, which is 72 hours, since if she saw on, call it hour 71, but it was in the fourth day, it will destroy that entire fourth day, meaning that she won't be able to count for another 23 hours, and therefore tells us the Rosh that four days after she had relations, cannot be she cannot begin her seven-day clean she has to wait until day five to begin the Shevenikim. So according to the Rosh, if a woman sees a, a, a cycle, and even if she has a very short cycle, let's say, let's call it, it was a, a two-day cycle for argument's sake, it makes no difference. She basically has to wait four plus seven, 11 day in total before she can go to the Mikvah. That is the understanding of the Rosh, okay? Um, and the Rosh at the end brings the Haraivet Kachav Betshuva. And the Raivet Paskin, Shelo Amru Poletet Shikhvazere Shesoteret Ele Letarot Bilvat. And this goes back to what I said before. Remember, we mentioned that the, the Beit Yosef begins that the Rambam says that this din is applies also in today's time between man and wife for marital relations. Now we are seeing the Bar Plukta of the Rambam, which is the Raivet, who argues. The Raivet says this whole din of waiting because of Poleta Chikvat Zera, because of a seminal emission, does not apply to a woman who wants to go to the mikvah to be with her husband. Only if she wants to go to the Beit HaMikdash and everything, the, the laws of Tumentara does it apply. However, we disagree, says the Rosh Ba'anachon Lachmir Kedivre Ari. The Ba'alea Tosvot, starting with the Ri, said, agreed with the Rambam, that clearly this is a din that applies also between man and wife. So the Rosh says, A, a paskin like the Ri and the Rambam, that this applies regarding marital uh, uh, um, relations and not just for the laws of Tumen Tara. And, and B, I, am, I don't paskin like the Rambam, I paskin like 
the other Rishonim, the majority of Rishonim, that hold that when we're talking about the time period, we pass in Chachamim, which is six or not, um, six 12-hour periods, which is a, a maximum of four days. Okay. The question is how we Paskin. But before we Paskin, we have to throw in... Um, okay, so let's see. Let's just see how we Paskin. But Yosef says, the Kol Hani Ravuta, all of these rabbis, Katvu that this applies also between man and wife, i.e. besides for the shit of the rivet, everyone else disagrees. And furthermore, says about yourself, since we have only found the Orzarua and the Rambam to basically hold like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, but everyone else disagrees, we're going to pass him that it needs six or not. I, a woman has to wait six times 12 periods and uh, or more correctly speaking, a full four days. Okay. Now comes the famous, famous Khumrah um, that all the Ashkenazim uh, have. Um, and, um, and this is the famous Khumrah of the Trumat Adeshin. The Trumat Adeshin has a double Khumrah, a double Khumrah. It's not, uh, it's a, um, the, the Trumat Adeshin added two very, very important Khumras that changes completely how we understand the sugya. And I'll say it outside and then we'll, we'll, we'll see it inside. Up until now, the problem that we have found with the emission is only assuming that a woman actually saw an emission, meaning she had relations with her husband and now we have a concern that within the first four days, she is going to see a seminal emission uh, um, that was retained in her body coming, coming out within the, first, within the four days, and that's going to be a problem. But what happens if she didn't actually have relations with her husband? Meaning that she might have had relations with her husband, I don't know, a week before. Uh, but then her husband went overseas. I mean, let's say he wasn't even in town. He wasn't around. For, for, for four days. And the, after she had relations, a few days have passed, and then she gets her, uh, her, uh, her period. And now after two days, she is able to come clean and she wants to start to shave again. Based on what we've seen up until now, all the Rishonim would say, no problem. I.e., when do we have to be concerned about waiting four days according to the Rosh? because of a possible seminal emission that can uh, come out of her body during this time, if she had relations with her husband within that time frame, i.e. just before she got a period, she had relations, and then she got a period, and then she got clean, and she wants to start a seminal emission, but she might still have a seminal emission coming out. And that's when we have to be machmir. However, if she didn't have relations with her husband, it's impossible that we, there's no concern that within the four days since she had her, her, her period, that she's going to have a seminal emission. Because even if she has a seminal emission from when she had relation, you know, from, I don't know, 10 days prior, the law is, the halacha is, is that that semen after 12, after six or not, I 72 hours, 
loses its poignancy, meaning it has no halachic status. It's not considered semen that is going to affect or impact her shemenakim. So if she didn't have relations with her husband, what could be the problem? And here is the first humra of the Truma tradition, although he says it in the opposite way around, I'm just going to say it in this order. Firstly, he says, we have to be concerned even if she didn't have relations with her husband. But before we get to that humra, the Truma tradition says, look, four days works, assuming that the woman and husband didn't get confused of when they had relations. However, what would have happened if a woman and her husband had relations during uh, Shkia? And she, let's say, let's, uh, let's for, for simplicity's sake, let's say it was Shabbos afternoon. So she thought, and, and, and then a few minutes later, she gets her period. Okay, after they had relations, a few minutes later, she gets her period. Okay. The woman thought that she had relations on Shabbat, right? So the 72 hours, although it's going to go, uh, you know, the last hour of Shabbat, and then Sunday and, and Monday, and even into Tuesday, but Tuesday, um, Wednesday, she'll definitely be able to start the Shem Nekim, i.e. four days, including Shabbat, because Shabbat was, according to her, she thought that they had relations during the day. Says a Truman tradition, what happens if they were mistaken? What happens if it was after Shkia? Meaning that the, the, if you want to count the four-day cycle, it, it don't count Shabbat, rather count Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Um, that's when you have to, that should be the, the, the count. So she thought she could already start her count on Wednesday, but really she has to count it on, she has to wait till Thursday. And because of this possible confusion, the Truma Tadeshen says the following Khumra. So let's read the um, let's read the Truma Tadeshen. There's a famous Truma Tadeshen in Siman Reish Mem Hay. Bishamati. I've heard the Yesh Lohosif Od Yom Echad. I over and above how we pass in like the Rosh. Add another day. Instead of waiting four days and beginning her cycle, her Shevanakim on the day five. She has to wait five days and only begin her Shemenakim on day six. For example, from Motzei Shabbat until Friday. Because if you permit her to count on day five, because the six uh, or not have already concluded, we have to be concerned for the following case. The Zimnin Tashamesh Shabbos. She might have relations with her husband on Motzei Shabbos. The heat is She thought it was still day, it was still Shabbat. And according to her count, she thinks that basically the end of day four is uh, Tuesday, and she can already start counting her Shemenikim on a Wednesday, which is day five after having her relations. They no came, then a light I had made a mistake, miscalculated was a dark room, and really it was already after she was already the next day, and therefore theoretically she would have to wait another day. And because of this possible confusion, we, we, we just make a blank 
decree, says the uh, Trumata Defen, that in order to get around this problem, we would, um, we would add a fifth day across the spectrum. Now, sorry, I just, for some reason, my computer jumped. Let me find the Trumata Defen again. Now, the Trumata Defen added uh, another Khumra. So Khumra number one is instead of waiting four days, she has to wait five days. And then Khumra number two is the Bain, the next paragraph, Bain Shimsha, Bain Lo Shimsha, whether she had relations or didn't have relations, Samukh Lariata, before, before receive, uh, getting a period, Lo Plug Rabana, the Chachamim made no distinction, the Gazrina Lo Shimsha, Atu Shimsha, and they made a decree even if she didn't have relations, Due to the fact that maybe on for cases where she would have had relations, and based on this, says the Trumatadeshin, one definitely has to be Mahmir like the Ri, i.e., that this applies also for her, for the husband, because we're talking about the Din Torah. And according to the Trumatadeshin, one has to wait not four days, but five days before she can count her Shevanakim. So according to the Trumat Adeshen, the entire cycle is not 11 days, but it's really 12 days. Five days, call it for her period, and for the Poleta uh, Chikvatzeria uh, um, possible scenario, and, and then another seven days of her Shevanakim. Now the question is how we pass it. And this is a huge machloket between Svardim and Ashkenazim between the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah. The Shulchan Aruch, for, 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 for lack of time, I'm going to skip the Beit Yosef, but basically the, the Beit Yosef says that this is a Chumra Yatera, that, that basically of the uh, Trumat Adeshen, both Chumras, a Chumra number one to air the fifth day, he says, that's, that's a Chumra. And, and, and Chumra number two, to make a distinction, between, you know, to, to make a categorical uh, prohibition, that she has to wait, even if she didn't have relations, because of the case that she might have had relations, says the Beit Yosef, these are Chumras Yeteras, we don't have to worry about both of these Chumras. How do we pass in Allah Lamaise? In the Shulchan Aruch Kuf Vav, he tells us, Okay, if a woman did discharge, in not it destroys that day. If a woman did have relations and saw afterwards, right? Uh, uh, sorry, she saw, uh, she got a period. And then afterwards she stopped, uh, she stopped and she became clean. Um, she has to wait six 12-hour periods because we are concerned that she might have a seminal emission. So she has to wait until day five. Kagon, for he, he gives us the uh, clear, uh, you know, just just to clarify, in Shishaba Motzei Shabbat, and Amatrel Lispar Ad Yom Chamishi, she had relations on Motzei Shabbat. She has to wait until Thursday, right? Um, and that is the simple psak of the Shulchan Aruch, and uh, it's it's uh, not not very uh, not very complicated according to that. Four days plus seven days. Uh, however, the Ramah says, no. The Ramah here is quoting the sheet of the Trumat Adeshin that we saw, that she has to wait five days, right? Um, 
before counting, starting a Shemini Kiv. And then if you skip to the next uh, paragraph, uh, just the last paragraph, the Chayn Nagin Bechol Medinot Eilu Veinleshanot. This is the Minag Ashkenaz, and one cannot change. Meaning, this is a, a categorical sack of, of, of Chachme Ashkenaz, or Minag Ashkenaz. They adopted the Shita. And now the Ramah quotes the second Khumra of the Trumat Adeshen. Even if a woman didn't have relations prior to uh, getting her period, she still has to be concerned about this Poleta Chichvatzerah. Chazal didn't make a distinction. And therefore, in any event, she can't, for the first five days after seeing her uh, getting her period, she cannot start a Shevan Akim until the end of the fifth day. And, and he points out at the end, in, in, it's uh, highlighted, Twice the Ramat tells us, this is Minag Ashkenaz, one cannot change this uh, Minag. This is the accepted halacha for Ashkenazim. And as we'll see, this is very important with the wording of the Ramat, because uh, as we'll see, poskim we're dealing with, I'm not talking about standard cases, but in cases where whereas many women Look, today it's, it's slightly easier because today there are many women who can't fall pregnant because of a, uh, a very early biuts. Um, I think how to say it in English, uh, an early ovulation. They have, an, they have a very early ovulation. So the, the concern is, is if she's going to wait 12 days um, before she can go to the mikvah, uh, there's a very high possibility that she's actually missed her ovulation, meaning that a woman will never be able to fall pregnant. Now, in today, I mean, the poskim that dealt with this question, Rav Moshe Feinstein, you know, 40 years ago, there weren't that many uh, medical uh, alternatives to help the woman, other than going to the mikveh, you know, not after 12 days, but but earlier. Today, with all the medication of being able to, to, um, to kind of um, prevent early ovulation. So this halachic shayla has, has, has kind of been solved without have to rely on certain leniencies that we'll find in the poskim. But I'm going back 40 years ago when, let's say, we don't have any other medical alternative and we have a problem now that a woman can't fall pregnant because of early ovulation. Is there room to be lenient? So before we understand if there's room to be lenient, let's just highlight that the Ramah says, this is Minak Ashkenaz, the Ain Lashanot, and one shouldn't change. Now, the, uh, the Shach just points out that let's say a woman, let's say a woman waited five days, and now she started a Shem and Akim. And when she started a Shem and Akim, um, and then on day two, she has a ketem, she has a, a spot, and it's a spot that's bigger than a grist, and it's basically she, it breaks her shemenekim. Does she have to wait another five days and then seven days? So here the shach says, no, no, no. If a woman during her seven clean days sees a ketem, we do not apply the principle of the Trumat Adeshin. Well, even though she didn't have relations with her husband, now, you know, we have to say as if she did have relations and she has to wait another five days. And the question is why? And the answer is because halakhically she wasn't permitted to have relations with her husband. And if halakhically she wasn't permitted to have relations with her husband, 
then Chazal didn't make a law clog. In that case, they said as soon as she becomes clean during the Shevanakim, she can restart her Shevanakim. Okay. Oi, we haven't even started today, Shir. Um, so, so we're going to move a, a bit quicker. Um, how do we pass Ganalachala Maisa? So, as we saw, Shulchan Aruch says four days, seven days. Don't have to worry about it if a woman didn't have relations with a uh, with her husband. So, in theory, if she didn't have relations with her husband, even after two days, she could have a two-day cycle plus plus uh, um, seven days. Must must just say that that is highly highly unlikely that a woman will only have a two-day cycle and will be able to come clean in order to start the shavanakim. But in theory, the the Ravavad Yosef is actually making. But what what's more practical is that. Avavad Yosef says, look, minimum, you don't have to worry about the fifth day, four days plus, plus seven days is, is more than enough. Um, however, Rav Mordechai Eliyahu disagrees. Rav Mordechai Eliyahu says, in order to kind of standardize the halacha, and in order to, you know, that people, that women shouldn't make mistakes, they count this month this way and that month that way. She done, she can't have, she can't start to Shemanikim until the fifth day. Right? Um, right? Um, so Ramon is accepting both the Khumras of the Ashkenazi. Day five. And it makes no difference if she actually had relations with her husband or not. So some, some, I didn't accept the opinion of the, um, uh, um, some follow the Ramallah and basically Paskin like the Ashkenazi uh, tradition. Most Sfarim, as far as I understand, follow Rabbavad Yosef, that's generally the sack of the, the, the standard sack for, for, for Sfarim. But for Ashkenazim, we are in trouble in terms of uh, if a woman has early ovulation, what do you do in such cases? So, um, so in this case, I'm just going to summarize it from Sefer Pua. Sefer Pua says, look, even though Ashkenazim passed the lack, the Ramah, in certain scenarios, they were makel. Some poskim were makel that you could rely on day four and you don't have to wait an extra day, the Khumra of the Trumat in, in certain cases. One of those cases is a biyutz mukdam, early ovulation. Another possibility of where this might be, uh, might be acceptable is when we get to the laws of going to the mikvah. We'll see that there's a din of that a woman has to do khafifash. She has to kind of wash herself. Um, and there shouldn't be a gap too long between washing herself and going to the mikvah. But when Shabbos and Yotif uh, uh, come into the picture, so it's, 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 it's complicated because to do the khafifah on Shabbos is not simple from Halak, from, from Kilchot Shabbos point of view. But to have a, great, a big time se a separation is also not, not simple. So what do you do? So the question is, well, if you, if you could go to the, the, if you could start a Shevanakim a day earlier, 
we could get around that problem. So some poskim say, you know, that, that's a, a better solution than getting into the problem of doing the chafifa on Shabbos or having a, a, a long separation between the two. But that, not paskinim, just saying that, that that is a discussion amongst the amongst the poskim, and that's brought in the sacred poor. Okay. Um, and, and just another topic, the Shukhar says that even if a woman had relations, but was but cleaned herself out, then theoretically she doesn't have to worry about Lamaitse, we are pretty much machmir, even Svarim are pretty much machmir that we don't uh, that we don't uh, follow this opinion, and we would have to uh, we would have to be concerned for that. Okay, so that ends the laws of the Shevan of the Bedikot and the Shevan Akim. Um, and now in theory, what we should what we should do is go to the laws of of um, in the next stage of her Tara process, and that is going to the mikvah. However, before we get to the mikvah, we have to we have to discuss what happens during this time period where she is tmeah before she can go to the mikvah. By the way, this there's a halachic uh, infertility that discusses this issue uh, in detail. Rabbenzion Shor discusses the, the the topic that I just mentioned. And if you read the essay, it's very thorough explaining scenarios of why the poskim maybe can be makel, uh, Ashkenazi poskim may be makel for the fourth day, etc. So it's worthwhile reading that. Uh, it also gives a very nice summary of all of Hilchot uh, Nida, just to understand uh, how we get to how we get to the four days, the five days, etc. Okay. But during this time period, uh, when she is tmeah, there are certain halachot that apply between man and, uh, and his wife that we don't actually find pretty much anywhere else. Uh, you know, there's no there's certain chumras that are shared between, let's say, I'm a married man to to another woman, not my wife. There's certain harachot uh, um, uh, that I cannot, uh, for example, I can't touch another woman, etc. But as you'll see, that also applies to my wife when she is uh, in her status of, of uh, a nida. But there are going to be even more chumras between a husband and a wife, and as, we, as we'll see. So let's, let's begin with uh, uh, the famous Gemara in Nida, Lamed Aleph, that kind of gives us some type of perspective why we should have these, what's called in Hebrew, har chakot, these law of distancing between husband and wife. Rabbi Mer Omer. Rabbi Mer used to say, Why did the Torah basically say that a, a husband cannot be with his wife for the seven day uh, uh, cycle during a menstrual period? Because if that would be to be the case, a husband would be. Um, it would be like habit that he could be with her, his wife whenever. And therefore the Torah says, mm-hmm. let his wife be impure for seven days. Mm-hmm. Basically every month after she becomes Torah, it will be like the happiness of, of, of the wedding night. I, they will distance you know, what's that phrase in English? Uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder. I think that's the correct phrase. That's what Rabbi Meir is saying. 
he's Dorish time in the crowd. Why did the Torah, why did Akash Baruch Hu decide to, to, to basically say that a husband can't be with his wife during this time? For Zugiyot, this is the best marital counseling that the Torah gave us, is this idea that there are certain times when one has to uh, um, so, uh, so, abstain, abstain from marital relations. And after that, uh, when one is able to be together, it renews the, the, the simcha and it makes, it makes the, the relationship um, con continually uh, reviving the, the relationship. Now, having said that, we'll see that there are certain harachot, uh, there are certain halachot that a man cannot be with his wife during this time period. Some of them are from the Torah and some of them are rabbinic. Summing them are from the Torah and they apply not only to one's wife, but to any uh, woman, any erba. And others are over and above any erba, they are specific to one's wife. So let's see the three categories in the English. The first one is intimate relations. So obviously a man cannot be with his wife when she is in the status, but not, and this applies to any other woman as well. He cannot have a relationship with her. The next uh, category is affectionate contact, derechiba. This would also be a problem. This is a problem, uh, a famous machloket between the Rambam and the Ramban, Do'oraita the Rabbanan. At the end of this essay, at the end of this uh, shir in the book, you'll find a very interesting essay by Rabdan Cohen, who discusses the machloke between the Rambam and the Ramban, defining Arayot and Kirva and all of these issues uh, that it is beyond the purview of, of, of our shir, but it's a worthwhile, it's a worthwhile real, uh, uh, read. And then we are going to find other chumrot or other harachakot that we don't necessarily find regarding any other woman. And uh, and uh, we'll see, we'll, as we we'll go through the shear, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss those uh, at length. Okay, so to begin, let's just clarify <clears throat> that we've seen that there are actually two periods for the woman's, um, when she's impure and when she's becoming pure. The first is when she's actually seeing blood. The second is when she's done a hefsektara and now she's during her seven but both of them are before she's gone to the mikvah. The question is, is there any distinction in the Khumra uh, of, of, of distancing oneself from one's wife, whether in these two time periods, when she's actually seeing blood or when she's doing a Shevenikim? So this, the Gemara in Shabbat Samach Dalet Amudbet tells us, Kedetanya Ba'adava Medidata. What does that mean, Ba'adava? Uh, uh, um, in her nida status, hadava, that's a very difficult word to translate. One explanation is to say some type of she is, remains in her sickness, okay? Now, how did the Gemara, how did the Rishonim, the, when I say Rishonim, the early sages of the Tanaim explain, the Skenim Rishonim Amru, Shelotit Chol, Velotit Kos, Velotit Kashet, Bevigdei Tzivonim, what the Torah is saying over here, and she shall remain in a nida status, means do not do anything to uh, enhance one's looks during this time. That's how they understood the Passover. What does that mean? It means she doesn't put up her nice makeup, that does, she doesn't wear uh, 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 colored clothing. Why? In order not to arouse her husband. 
until Rabbi Akiva came and explained, no, you caused a, a wife to be um, to be ostracized in the eyes of her husband, and we don't want that. But in the end, it's going to cause lead to divorce. What is the pshat of that word, of that pasuk? And she shall remain in her status of nida. Meaning, she will remain in her impure status and there's no distinction and, you know, you cannot touch her, etc., etc., until she goes to the mikvah. So from this Gemara in Shabbos Samach Dalet, Rabbi Akiva seems to be telling us that the Torah is telling us that whether she's seeing or whether she's not seeing, there's no distinction. She's considered a nida until she goes to the mikvah. By the way, there's a famous story of Rav Moshe Feinstein. Rav Moshe Feinstein, there was a huge machloket in Russia when the, um, when the communists, they made, uh, they made all types of decrees on, uh, on limiting Jewish, uh, Jewish uh, life. And one of them was basically that they, they pretty much did things to puzzle every mikveh in the, in, in, in the U.S., in the USSR. Right? So basically all of Russia, you couldn't find the kosher mikveh. So it was very difficult. Now, the Russians puzzled it, but only according to some shittas. And Rabosha Feinstein wrote a very, very uh, famous contrast where basically he paskened that you can still rely on the mikvaot, even though, according to many mafarshim, that these, these mikvaot were puzzled. And he did that to allow people to basically go to the mikvah. Because as we've said, if a woman doesn't go to the mikvah, it can be, uh, even if she's not seeing blood, a uh, 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 husband cannot be with his wife. He cannot touch his wife. He, these have to continue for, and can continue for, for many years if she doesn't go to a kosher mikvah. And Ramoshin says in the, in the pamphlet, I'm paskening that it's mutar. But me and my wife have accepted upon ourselves to be machmir. And I think for a few years, uh, um, his wife wasn't able to go to the mikvah. And based on what we are saying over here, Rabbi Akiva is telling us if she hasn't gone to a mikvah, that's it. Uh, 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 the laws still apply. Whether she sees blood, she doesn't see blood. She's considered tmei'ah and everything would still apply. So that's just uh, an aside, a famous uh, shita of uh, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. Um, but now let's let's continue. Um, there's also another Gemara in Shabbos Yud Gimel that can explain um, this idea um, and, and kind of uh, gives us an intro. This is one of the main sources for the laws of Harachot. So it says the Gemara Tanad Eliyahu. So we uh, the, the the house of Eliyahu is is bringing over here a Maise of Eliyahu Navi. Maise betalmi dechatsher shanar be bekarabe. As one young Talmud Chochem, who was very learned, although he had great teachers, nevertheless he died early. His young wife or his widow came to the Beit Midrash and said, the Torah says, it's going to give you lengthy days. And have my husband, who was a Talmud Chocham, etc., he died early. What's the track? 
skipped, sorry. Oh. Um, so what was the plot? So, so, so then what happened was Eliyahu Anabi met this, uh, met this lady and um, sorry, I'm just getting back to the page. All right, here we go. And Eliyahu Anabi said to her, Vamrala, um, um, so once Eliyahu Nabi was, was eating by her, and she told him the whole story. When you were a nidah, over here the word nidutech means when she was seeing blood. How did he act towards you? He didn't touch me, not even my baby finger. During your literally white days, during your Shevan Akim, during the days that you were trying to become, your, your, your days become cleaning, how did he act towards you? So she said, He ate with me. He drank with me. He slept with me. The Kirubasa means they slept in the same bed, touching. Um, however, they didn't have conjugal relations. And Eliyahu Anabi says to her, Baruch HaMakom Shargo, Blessed HaKadosh Baruch Hu that killed your husband. Right? Uh, because he didn't show the correct respect to the Torah. Why? Because of the drosha that we learned from Rabbi Akiva. Includes the Shevan Akim as well. There's no distinction. And because there's no distinction, you have to be, he should have been Mahmir. And because he wasn't Mahmir, so he uh, deserves it. Obviously, not every person who breaks the Harchakra in Kilchot Nida is, is deserving of, of death. We're talking obviously about a big tzaddik, right? He was obviously on a very high level, and Akash Baruch Hu. Is, is, is done the tzaddikim kachutz sahara. It's down the madrega. So, but we learn very important halachot from the story. And and Tosfot just points out that although from the Gemara's relating of the story, bnei and bnei it sounds like you might have had a half a minute that there's a distinction between the two. Says Tosfot, no. That's Eliyahu Anabi said it because he knew that's what happened. I because he was a prophet. So he he kind of engineered the conversation in that way, but not but to prove that there really isn't a distinction. But then he says something um, very interesting, and he quotes Rabbeinu Hananel Rashi, Gabe Shmuel, that both Rabbeinu Hananel and Rashi quote the sheet of Shmuel, that basically his wife would pour with a with a different hand, with the left hand. Hainu libuna says Rashi. That's during her shevanikim. I according to Rashi, 
it seems that there were certain laws that were more lenient during the Shevanakim. So not the laws, not all the laws, because as we saw, the story of the Gemara uh, seemed to imply that Eliyahu Anabi said that this person should die because he thought that many of the Harchakot didn't apply. But according to Rashi, certain Harchakot are different. And Tosot says, Tosot says that's incorrect. There's no distinction, not at all. Nothing. How do we pass an Allah We'll just end off with this. Yeah. Right? Basically, no distinction. And says the Ramah, and that's the Ramah that we said, you know, however long the period is, it could even be a few years, as it was with the story of Ramosha's wife, Ramosha Feinstein. And the Shach points out, Tamid hi benidata, and he just clarifies, Afimei libuna, even during the Shem and the Kim, called Dinida Yeshla, We accept the Poskim that there's really no distinction between Mei Libuna and Mei Nidota, whether she's physically seeing or not. As long as she hasn't gone to the mikvah, all of the laws of the harachakot would apply. So we'll end off there for for today, and Bezrat Hashem will continue next week. Yashakolach.